time for the Gore and More podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear we'll never part. We're going on now. A ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. You dirty bitch! Look what you've done to my peonies! They're marigolds! Good God! I think she's right. They are marigolds. I may not know my flowers, but I know a bitch when I see one! Oh. <laughs> What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Gore and More podcast. This is Le Host with Le Most. TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is your co-host, Big Johnny D. What's going on, Gorehounds? And the killing machine himself, Bobby Amone. What's going, fuckers? <laughs> so that was a little, uh, what, what was that from, John? <laughs> Honestly, I have no fucking idea, dude. He just, just knows that he found yep. it somewhere. That's just, about <laughs> it. Every time I see that thing, I love it. I don't care. It makes me fucking laugh. We I had to bring the show with that. It's better Good than, uh, bitch. what is it? Doo-doo, ka-ka-ka. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's going to be the new Gormore shirt. Hashtag duty duty. <laughs> so, guys, today oh is November 25th, 2019, and we got a doozy of a pumpkin head for today. But first, it's time for the slice of life. John, what'd you do this week? A, uh, I gotta say, fucking hell yeah, man! That was good high notes right there, bud. Yeah, Jesus Christ, Who, I, was, I, I'm ready I, for I like, a ballad. Yeah, you, yeah, like what are you coming in, Paul Stanley? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> Fuck yeah, man! Round of applause. Uh, let's see, what did I do this week? Uh, not much, man. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Just uh, did work. Uh, had my first Thanksgiving. I know that sounds fat terribly, but you know, big family. So, uh, did the wife's side of the family, and we did a quote unquote Italian Thanksgiving. So we had prime rib instead, which ah, delicious. And, uh, we've yeah. done it before. We've done like lasagna and all that other shit too. Bobby, can uh, you talk to us about what a real Italian Thanksgiving is real quick? Yeah. If you know me, yeah, it's a real <laughs> Italian Thanksgiving. Oh, it, it, it varies depending on who it's what family. Yeah. Put it to this way. It's like a Sunday dinner magnified. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's exactly what it is. It is a Sunday dinner magnified, but you'll still have a turkey. You'll still have the regular stuff, but you're going to have the managot. You're going to have like pasta. You're going to have antipasta. You might have a fish. Dish. It all depends on family. Yeah, it's, they never it's a magnified to, Sunday dinner. That's exactly what it is. They never went with the fish, but we've definitely done like lasagna and rigatoni and, you know, sauce mm-hmm. and and ribs and all that. Other it's like stuff. you get all that kind of stuff. And then there's this big fucking bird right in the middle. It's just like. It, it's uh, is this flow. Wait, wait, wait. There's all this red. All the all, I say red sauce for those of you <laughs> gravy or sauce gravy. He says but for people who don't really know, it's all the I call all the red around, and then in the middle is this big brown bird, which is like now this color scheme. This color scheme just don't go together. I was the first but time. It tastes I was fucking ex- great. <laughs> the first time I was exposed to Italian uh, Italian Thanksgiving, there was no quote unquote traditional Thanksgiving food there. So I was a little taken back because I was like, oh, no, where are my mashed potatoes and gravy? Dude, where's but, the stuffing? Gotta have stuffing. But I'm 
on the other side, it is kind of a cool, like, flip up change. I do like it. Um, but yeah, other than enjoying that on Saturday with family, uh, yesterday, uh, took the family to the movies, uh, Frozen 2. I hate, I'm not even going into that. <laughs> That's any, our next movie review. For those of you listening, next week is Frozen 2. Any, any parents <laughs> out there that are listening to this that are oh. going to see yourself, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I just know I know your pain. And, uh, yeah. He'd rather watch just one. before dawn again. I absolutely would. <laughs> I, would I would pay wow, money that, to go watch it uh, at the how theaters. much money? How much money? Mm, <laughs> Twenty bucks. Damn. Twenty, 20 bucks in two hours of my time, dude, to see a movie I would not want Fuck to that. necessarily see overseeing. Yes, absolutely, dude. It. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby, how was your week? Yeah, buddy. buddy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Last week, I, I went and saw Doctor Sleep on Wednesday. I love them. Yeah, can you uh, give us a yeah? Give us a give little us a rundown. Spoiler re- a spoiler review rundown. No, you get no spoiler review. All I'm gonna say is you gotta go watch. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Sorry, spoiler. I, I didn't hear the free parts again. Sorry. I, um, put it to this way, it uh, it really dives deep into that the shining that people would have. And all that, it, it's it, it really was very well done. I'm very surprised because people are saying it didn't do so well. I'm like, this didn't do well, really. People Honestly, don't know what it right? is. And and the great part about it is, yes. basically, 40 years after the original, it's a great fucking sequel. There's not many, not many that pick up like that. So this Especially is the a- fact that you got the young, the younger kid. Now he's older, right? And I, I guess I will say this. I don't know if it's really a, a spoiler. Um, they do go back. And that's all I'm going to say. And it, it's, the movie is wonderful. Just go see it. That's all. Anybody out there who has or hasn't seen it, go see it. It is well worth the watch. It was, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, okay. So it, it's a, and, it's and a then, direct sequel to Stanley Kubrick's, right? Not that weird yeah, miniseries. Yeah, no, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a sequel to the movie movie. Okay. And over the weekend, I was with um, my friend Taylor, and then we were with Tisa from uh, Wicked Wednesdays as well. We were hanging out a little bit, and then Sunday was uh, football. Yeah. Really, John? Really, John? What? Are you cutting the race? I don't know. <laughs> hey, those rabbits are always cute and cuddly oh, to see. Fuck. And then Sunday was football. That was it. TJ. Yes. Give us your slice of life, God. Slice of life. Okay, so Saturday I recorded uh, Rabbit Hole. And we did <laughs> we did a, a little Canadian commercial review there, and we talked about how it cost him $5 million to do a com- commercial for the Canadian government using Holy all the special shit. effects people from Star Wars. Really? Yep. I wonder why it cost so much money. It's crazy. Uh, but then Sunday, we had like this Thanksgiving thing. It was cool. We didn't stay long. I went home and took a, took a little snoozer, a little nappy little poo. Nap. Yeah. yeah. And then I woke up and watched horror movies as per usual, and I bought more horror movies that night, and they arrived today. So today I got uh, Pumpkinhead, the Scream Factory release. Awesome. I got The Editor, which is a Jallo throwback, which... I think out of the ones you showed me, that had probably the coolest cover. Yes. That Uh, was the one with like the sausage strip going through. I think the the tagline is, he'll leave you on pieces. He'll leave you in pieces on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then uh, I got Terror Vision and what's the other one? TV of uh, the Dead. Video Dead. Video. Video Dead. Yeah. That movie was one of the most. It. What the fuck? That was a what the fuck movie for me. And man. then I also watched uh, Joe Bob Briggs, <laughs> uh, his Christmas special from last year where he did the Phantasms. And he recommends oh, nice. what strain of weed to smoke before watching each movie. <laughs> he's like there's two awesome. kind of states you can be in there you can be in one of them colorado states which we're gonna call a green state he's like or you could be in a texas state and if you guys live in those states then you know exactly what i'm talking about so for the <laughs> next movie we need some of that afghan kush some of that og you know what i'm talking about them strains people because this movie gets weird about 25 minutes in and you get ready for it right about now. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Fucking A, dude. I love it's it. It's awesome. Uh, but that was a really good series. Uh, I highly recommend it while you indulge. It is really, really cool. We have a new project that I am working on with the lovely Tisa Wicked. Uh, we are doing a spin on Elvira called Elhira, where... Uh, it's El, Elhira. it's El, it's Elhira is Elvira's uh, stoner sister who mm, loves yeah. horror movies, particularly fan films. She reviews them while hitting the weed oil a little too hard. Uh, that will be coming out sometime early next year with the first review of Vengeance featuring Elhira. And then you will see episodes released periodically, pretty much done in the old Elvira vein of reviewing horror movies, but with Tisa playing Elhira. So be on the lookout for that as a collaboration between me and the lovely Tisa Wicked. Fuck yeah, dude. Hearts of Darkness is awesome. wrapping up here now. Actually, my buddy Sean, shout out to my buddy Sean, who just finished his Stranded campaign for his movie. He reached 200 and I think 25% on his Indiegogo campaign. Damn. Uh, raised nice all job. of the funds. Sean Burkett, that's his name. He is a crazy film director he did uh don't fuck in the woods one and two uh, <laughs> yes did those movies and terrific guy terrific director he's dating the gore and more whorehound hannah fox you guys have seen her lurking around the chat groups and stuff bobby knows her she's always she's always lurking around <laughs> she is a great girl uh i mean remember whenever she showed us about the the fucking gate closing on her car when she tried to leave. Oh, like, my, oh God. my God. Like, like only just, her. Like, what the fuck, bro? Oh, like you, you couldn't you couldn't have planned that. You really couldn't. Have. So <laughs> I'm going to tackle the elephant in the room real quick. Chad is not here again due to work related issues, but he did type us a little message uh, because this is kind of like something special. This is the one year anniversary of the Gordon Moore podcast. This Episode is something 60, that I believe. Yes. Yeah. Chad and I started Goran Moore a little over a year ago, uh, a year and a couple days now. And I, I can't just say thank you enough, but I'm going to let Chad say it in his little note here. This is from Chad Chrisman, uh, the Dark Lord of Knowledge. I would like to begin by apologizing for not being on the show today. There have been a few times my work schedule has clashed lately with our recording schedule, but rest assured that's not the only reason I haven't been available. Oh, that's yeah, that is the only reason I haven't been available. My dedication to this show is still as high now as, as it was when we started. I love our fans and I want to be there for you all. I would also like to congratulate my co-host on our one year anniversary. Our first show was November 20th, 2018. And here we are one year later pumping out co more content than ever. 
We do it for you guys, and we are so happy you're continuing this journey with us. As our show has evolved, our fan base has grown exponentially. I never thought I'd actually have a fan base of any sort, and it's a very humbling experience. So happy anniversary to Gornmore, and thank you all for listening. We definitely have big plans for the next year. I already been working on our full, of our very full schedule. <laughs> he has, guys. Yes, he has. Yeah, no, he, he he's been saying that. <clears throat> now onto my thoughts for our movie today. My first exposure to Pumpkinhead wasn't just some random movie I found in the video store, but rather a trading card set called Fright Flicks. I remember seeing the images on the cards and being confused as it was advertised as both Pumpkinhead and its alternative title, Vengeance, the Demon. Oh, the cards featured monsters and villains from all sorts of horror movies and had interesting facts on the back. So I'll read the last bit at the end of the show. He kind of talks about nice. his final thoughts on the film. So that will lead into our review of 1988 Pumpkinhead, directed by Stan Winston. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Written by. Directorial debut. Oh, written by Stan Winston, Richard Weinman and Mark Patrick Carducci. Fucking nailed that. Produced by Bill Blake, starring Lance Henriksen as Ed Harley and not an android. John <laughs> D'Anquino, is that right? As Joel? Jeff yeah, East as Chris, not West. Carrie Remsen as Maggie. Kimberly Ross as Kim. Kim is Kim. Buck Flower as Mr. Wallace. Mame Balik as Christine Wallace. Joel Hoffman as Steve Scratch. Cynthia Bain as Tracy, Florence Schaufer as Haggis, Tom Woodruff Jr. as Pumpkinhead. Tom Woodruff also was, this will pop up a Wikipedia article, uh, most notable works. He was in Starship Troopers, guys. Yes, he was. He's done a lot of, uh, he's done a lot of different things over the years. Was he Alien in Alien 3? I think so. Motherfucker. Okay, anyway, moving on, guys, from that little sidetrack. Music by Richard Stone. Cinematography by... Oh, fuck me. Bohan? Bohan, Bohan Bazelli. Bazelli. That yeah. sounds good. Edited by Marcus Manton. Distributed by United Artists MGM. Released January 13th, 1989, but we just said 88 earlier. What the fuck? Uh, oh, Runtime of 86 midget, midgets. Uh, budgets, <laughs> a, a budget of three point five million. To move the movie, grossed four point four million, and we got a short trailer for you, baby. Goo. Great reason the dead ain't within my power. Beautiful. Such a weird intro. Will it be all right? Never. Should I be afraid? Somewhere in the mountains here, guys. All she can do is take you straight to hell. You go home and you bury your boy. Some folks say is how she's got powers. Who are you? Ed Harley. <laughs> what do you want, Ed Harley? Say it. You're looking for vengeance. Vengeance. Friday the 13th, vengeance. There's no graveyard. Shameless plug. The thing you're looking for is in there. 
might I add real quick, I am totally jumping ahead. I love the fucking music in that track. Yes. I love the movie. <laughs> hey, this is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Oh, is Easily. it really? How would you rank this on a top 10 list? My top 10 probably, uh, that? seven. Fair enough. Really? My seven. I, when I, I first saw this movie with my mom and dad, uh, found it on demand, and they're like, we're reading the description, and my mom goes, that sounds creepy. Put it on. Meanwhile, this is my mother, and <laughs> she can't handle this kind of shit. And it was a great movie. That's all I had to say about it. And I was like, ah. I've had then, a little run in with Pumpkinhead people. Uh, Pumpkinhead 2 director Jeff Burr I got the chance of talking to last week. Awesome. He's, he's cool. Yes. He's he also awesome. did Puppet Master 4, 5, and then two other ones. And then Chainsaw 3. And Chainsaw 3. John, nice. thoughts, feelings, PP touches? Um, <laughs> well, all right. So this is my first like official full viewing of this. I've caught it in snippets here and there just because it's always been on TV and shit back in the day. Um, I really like the special effects, dude. I mean, they're Stan Winston. They can't fucking go wrong there. You know what I mean? I will say it, it fell a little flat with me on the kills. I thought the kills could have been way more like there could have been a lot more gore for like who was actually backing up the special effects. Now, I really oh, for sure. Well, we'll get into that when we no, get no, to the behind no, no. the scenes. Like, like I said, this this is one that was it was complicated for me because I really liked parts of it. And then there were other parts that just didn't fucking do it for me. Um. I, I, I can understand. It that. felt good, but it didn't you, get you there. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was like you finally got to nail that really hot chick you've been eyeing, but then she was just a really bad lay. You know, fair enough. I mean? like, fair enough. All right, okay. Like, I finally got that, dude. I finally watched it after twenty years, and then I'm like, hmm, is that twenty years worth it, <laughs> John? Since you uh, dislike this movie so much, let's hear that plot rundown. Well, I didn't necessarily. <laughs> Like I said, there's things I'm gonna definitely like jerk off over about it. So. Well, well, we're gonna discuss it what we like and don't like. Let's like get into it. All right, so plot rundown. Here we go, Gorehounds. As a young boy, Ed Harley saw his evil saw an evil demon kill a man. Many years later, Harley and his young son, who is an adorable fucking little kid, by the way. Oh yeah. Are running a grocery store, a grocery stand in Nevada. Oh, I did not know that's where they were. Um that is visited by six city youths, youths, on their way to a cabin. While Harley is away on an errand, one of the boys accidentally kills Harley's son with a motorcycle. Remembering what he had seen that night years ago and what he had heard, Harley pays a visit to the reclusive witch to what's help, which helps him invoke that demon, known as Pumpkinhead, to avenge his son's death. Get revenge. As he sees as he sees the youth being killed one at a time through the eyes of the demon, Harley discovers the horrific price must be paid. So before we get into any more of this, I'm gonna say we switch it up and uh how about we hear a little bit from our uh, beloved sponsors really quick? Oh 
Yes. Oh, wow. Halfway, halfway mark for the show. Yeah, John, you are correct. Let's do that. We need to do that. I will pull let's those change up. It, let's change it up a little let's bit, change you it know? Up just a little bit. Just, just a skosh, you know? Just a, yeah. just a smidgen. Just a smidgen. I was going to fucking. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that at you like super curveball. You're cool. <laughs> I mean, what? They love That's it. how we roll. We throw your curveball. Creepy girls, do you like spooky things in horror movies? Then Cabin 13 has the stuff for you. Check out their selection of horror-themed props, bins, busts, action figures, collectibles, and more. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to visit Cabin13.com and buy something, or I'll kill you! Marcio Charlie's Horror Costume Studios. Premium hand-sculpted latex masks, busts, and hoods. Everything is handmade and painted by Marcio himself. Be sure to check out his wide range and selection of products over at Facebook and Instagram at Horror Costume Studios. Hey, you out there. Hey, listener. Take a look at yourself. Want to know why you look like shit? Because you aren't wearing Dubak merch. Take your ugly ass over to dubackdiscussion.net and click on the merch tab. Pick up some hot fucking swag, then you can become a sexual Tyrannosaurus, just like us. Graveyard Classics. Horror-themed tees and posters, professional in-house screen printing, and clay prints. Powered by Death Style Art and Graphics. Go see what you can dig up over at graveyardclassics.net. Premium Friday the 13th custom made hockey mask down there in Tennessee by Lance McKinney. Find him on Facebook and Instagram over at Mask by Lance. Go order one now, boy. Well, that was your Gormore ad block as per recommended by Dale Silva from Cabin 13. Moving on with this sweet and sexy review. We kind of already talked about what we thought about it. So do we want to go into uh, behind the scenes shit? Them, yeah, let's set the notes a little bit. Yeah. We're going to have right, we, got, we, we got some We got some good notes here. I hope I do as well as Mr. Chad. <laughs> I'm sure college. Let, us, wait, wait, let us praise a moment, moment of silence for our fallen hero who's not here tonight. Get <laughs> <laughs> on with this now. Uh, <laughs> That's all you get, Chad. That's all, That's all you get, get, Chad. Sorry. That's all you get. You get five seconds. <laughs> all right. So we got a little behind the scenes here. The dog actor, Mushroom. Who played Ed Harley's dog Gypsy was also also played Barney in Gremlins in 1984. Oh, oh, boy, that dog nice. better sign some freaking paw prints at some uh, signings. I don't know what the hell he's waiting for. Lance Hendrickson gathered all of the silver dollars himself by by, yeah, by visiting several pawn shops. He said that most of them fell through the floorboards of the Haggis's shack, and they probably still lay there now. If the shack is even still a lot around, though. Wait, they didn't make that shack? I figured that was like a fucking. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if they made it or if it is a prop. There's nothing here on that, but gotcha. If it's still if it's still there, those silver dollars are still there. Ooh, Ooh. Dollar, that, dollar. Don't, that don't exactly just go away. All <laughs> right, Lance Hendrickson had a set of dentures made to make him look more rural. He also gathered all of his own props and wardrobe, including a World War II pump action shotgun. His cap worn throughout the film and the silver dollars which he gave to ha- which he gave to Haggis. So all that stuff he went out and found himself. Fuck yeah, dude. And I'm glad that uh thank you for saying that. And Chad, thank you for throwing that in there. Uh because that was actually gonna be one of my questions was was he wearing a fake set of teeth, dude? Because that was throwing me the fuck off. Cause I swear yeah, he to God, he was not that bad. 
No, he had a set of dentures made for himself. The costume that Florence uh, Schaffler, I say that right, wore as haggis weighed about 65 pounds. Interesting. Damn. That's more than a fucking Jason suit. It's the one I'm Uh, for mine, for sure. Yeah. The one scene that made Lance Henriksen most want to take this role was where the deceased Billy sits up and asks his father, what has he done? I find that very interesting because really that really does make you question because the kid obviously dead really has no idea. And it makes you go, huh? Right. So I, I, I actually like that, too. Because of Stan Winston's request, screenwriters made both Pumpkinhead and Haggis much darker than the original script. Yeah, they weren't supposed to look like they were when they originally wrote this. I remember really? hearing that. No, they were supposed to be not hokey, but definitely not the way they were in this film. They were supposed Dude, to be like, a lot lighter of characters. If like not Haggis- like like I think Pumpkinhead was supposed to have pumpkin involved in it and then they made it into the demon okay and haggis wasn't supposed haggis wasn't supposed to be as decrepit as she looked but at his request scenes were the best fucking scenes though man so cool like oh oh, dude she looked her side view profile alone yeah, and the vo- the voice that comes, I'm like, that's fucking wicked. That's why I love them so but, much. Yeah, but she was. She she was love witches. Yeah. The best part was though is like, she told him, she never lied to him. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. told him what yeah. the fuck was gonna happen. So she was kind of like, when you see like a little sticker from the thing telling you not to do something, but it's really not like stopping you from doing it. Yeah, that's what I kind of <laughs> like. She's like, yeah. you know, this is gonna fuck your soul at the end, right? But. You know, he didn't you, want care reven- you want revenge, right? And it's like, there you go. Well. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's the warning label that you didn't read. Right. This, this film orphaned by the bankruptcy of De Laurenta, did I say that? De Laurentiis Entertainment Group eventually garnered a spotty release when acquired by United Artists, which tested the film under the alternate title Vengeance the Demon. Vengeance the Demon. Hmm. I don't feel like as a title that has quite the lasting power. Like Pumpkinhead is a, that's an original. Okay. Listen, like had this not been a movie, that should have been a metal band, honestly named. True. Facts. Yeah. It could have been. Right. Should have. The origin. (laughs) It still can. The origin of the story was a poem written by Ed Justin. The, the dog actor, Dog actor Mushroom did his own stunts for the film, and he also did all his own stunts <laughs> for the As Fuck if they had man. a stunt dog in there. wonder how much they get paid. I could do that. So that poem, by the way, I believe that was the actual poem that they were saying to that uh, those kids living in the fucking potato sack shit. Yeah, stay, they, keep they, away they, from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living. Yeah, there. I liked it. It was like one line saying like most of his most of his victims are dead or something like that. And yeah. Dude, it was fucking. I love old school kids nursery rhymes, man. They're so dark. Brutal. <laughs> oh, they, you don't realize it until you're older. It's like, oh shit. That's what fucking hey, dude. There was supposed to be an early scene introducing the young adults of the film in a diner, but it was cut from the vinyl version of the film. Stan Winston's children were parts of the. They were part of the Wallace clan. You can briefly see them when they're all together. Now, this is another one. Right. This is another one right here. I like this one. Pumpkinhead doesn't resemble a pumpkin, obviously. 
it gets the name from the fact that it is the summoning involves you going to a pumpkin patch. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I, for some reason, like that because then it's like, oh, it kind of throws you off as to why it looks like it does. Well, I thought when it was, um, oh, I don't know why, when the witch is bringing it back to life, essentially, and it's kind of like going through its metamorphosis there. Mm-hmm. I did think its face kind of looked, I could say at least jack-o'-lantern-esque. You know what it looked like now that you said that? Sam's face from Trick or Treat in the morphing stage. That or the aliens from Fire in the Sky. Or that too. Dude, You're right. dude, that movie's terrifying. If you look at that movie as a horror movie, dude, like when the shit goes down, fuck yeah. <laughs> dude, other than that. All right, we got a couple here for Stan Winston. Although the FX team created the monster, Stan Winston was so busy with the directorial duties that he was unable to really supervise their work on the monster. So as much as it is Stan Winston's studio, he really had he had input on the monster, but he let them do it. Because he's nice. like, I'm going to direct this. You guys, you have a thing, go do it. And that's exactly what he did. I'm sure he had final call though on yeah. that shit. You know yeah, I mean? he, he like, did, but he also he also in in some of them they said he let us have what we had, but he also made little changes as they went along. But other than that, what you see is what they want. He probably added the little dick. Excuse me. All right. Fun was in fact a prevalent mood on the pumpkin headset, despite many additional burdens and responsibilities. Winston brought the same sense of humor and lighthearted spirit to directing Pumpkinhead as much as he did when he was doing creature effects assignments. He was a blast as a director, uh, recalled Alec Gillis. He was so much, he was completely fun and very relaxed on set. Hold on. As if he didn't have a care in the world. One day when they were in a cramped cabin and the set, it was a very tense moment and he was tired. Shane and I had been spending three hours applying makeup to the actress who was playing the witch. But then as I looked over and they saw Stan across the room staring at me with his glasses all cockeyed at a weird angle just to make them laugh. <laughs> just to make them laugh. And, and he says this. There was my director making an idiot of himself for nobody's benefit other than mine. Not many would do that. That's a hell of a director. Hell yeah. Plus I felt like he's, he's had so much shit by at this point even in his career under his belt. Like now he's just like, you know what? We're just fucking have fun with this one, man. I'm directing my first movie. Like, it's Fuck my around all you want. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, dude, that's just a party right there. So I'm going to interject here and put something that's not in the notes. Uh, Why, you asshole? Upon the first fucking 10 minutes of me watching this movie, mm-hmm. I realized that the cabin that this takes place in is the same cabin as Friday the 13th Part 4. Can I ask you, did you know, was it the countertop that gave it away? Because that's nope. what I was. Thinking. Front fucking door. Really? Front really? door. You guys didn't notice the outside of it? Dude. I noticed the, the inside shot whenever they come through the door. It's the same fucking door that Jason kicks through, like th- throws the axe well, through. Yeah, just, also, just look through. at the outside of the cabin. It's yeah. the same exact thing. It's the one he like, busts through. He does the fucking Kool-Aid man, barge through, and then throws the hammer. <laughs> That yeah. cabin had been in tons of. It was in Eraser. It was in like My Girl Two. The cabin that this, the teenagers who kill Ed Hardy's son hole up in was the very same cabin that was used as the Jarvis family home four years prior, in the final chapter. The cabin still stands in Topanga Hills, California, not Boy Meets World, and has seen in the various <sighs> movies and TV shows over the years. 
Yeah. It can be rented out for weddings and other special events, and you can learn all about the iconic locale over on its official website. No mm-hmm. shit. Bobby, did you throw out My Girl too? Yeah. <laughs> dude, you don't ask, at the end, don't but then ask questions. I was like, don't ask questions, okay? No, dude, I, that, I, that hit the brakes for me on that one. I was like, where are you? <laughs> so you get to other facts, dude. You, know, you get so, this, Gore? Gorehounds, you hearing this? Bobby's got way more than just horror knowledge. <laughs> I, I have a little bit of everything. Nothing that'll save your life. But... <laughs> All right, so another fact. Well, a couple more, and then we're on our way here. Pumpkinhead is able to enter a church, though the sight of the cross pisses him off and he destroys it. Although the church was only half built before it was abandoned, so it is possible that it was not truly holy ground. I know mm-hmm. there was a little bit of an issue with that when coming into the church, you would think. He would have an issue, but he really didn't. Yeah, yeah, that sweet little uh, three-year-old tantrum with the cross there. It was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, the screenwriters Mark Patrick Carducci and Gary Gurney were inspired by the movies of Mr. Mario Bava. Ah, Bava! Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> from the sculpt, from from the sculptor, studio artist, and mechanic created a suit and head, which was worn on the set by Pumpkinhead performer Tom Woodruff Jr. To avoid wear and tear on the suit, Woodruff was glued into this at the start of the day and remained in the foam rubber construct for up to eight hours at a time. Fuck that! Oh, I got coming from someone who stays in that shit. That sounds like a lovely day at work. Dude, they were pouring the sweat out of that shit at the end of the day, dude. I would do that. Yummy. Take a little look at that. (laughs) All right. One more into the look of Pumpkinhead, and we are on our way. While Winston refined the narrative artists at his studios, led by Alec Gillis, Shane Matt, Mahan, John Rosengrant and Tom Woodruff Jr. designed Pumpkinhead as a humanoid demon with a very large angular head, withered facial features, and long clawed fingers. When Stan was directing the movie, Gillis said, he turned the creature work over to us. He said that I'm the director of the movie. I'm the director on this. I'm the client. Bring me the effects that you guys would create for this. It was great to have Stan's encouragement to just go with it and do it on your own sat down and started drawing and then we presented the drawings made the suggestions that's how the character came about so that's and that's pretty much how it went and they sculpted it to uh tom's body to make him be able to fit with it they were clearly fan of uh their boss's work in aliens oh yeah <laughs> but dude, that's not, i don't even be- think I don't, I don't even think that's a question just look at the head that's just not say it long, dude. Like, but it's well it still has that misshapen form to it. Just the uh, just the back knee style legs and shit, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or however you want to say that shit. But no, dude, like that's... Could you imagine being like put under that kind of a pressure, though, dude? Like Stan Winston, the Stan Winston, who's, yeah, directing the movie. He's just like, all right, no, you guys fucking do it. Like, dude, that's some pressure I would feel. <laughs> Palms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. All over it. Spaghetti or cranberry sauce? What was that? That isn't cranberry sauce, already. No, it is not. <laughs> he's got one more here. One more. A sequel, Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings, was released directly to video in 1994, directed by Jeff Burr. Burr. There, were two, there were two more sequels, Pumpkinhead, Ashes to Ashes, and Pumpkinhead, Blood Feud, uh, were filmed in 2006 as part of the made-for-television movies. 
They were broadcast on Sci-Fi in October 2006 and on February 10th, 2007, respectively. That's all she wrote. All righty. We need to watch them, boys. Oh, boy. I saw them. I, I saw them. They're, listen. Listen. I, I, lo- I, lo- I love Pumpkinhead. I love the original. The second one has its moments. Yeah. Those other two, uh, the monster don't look like what it did in the first one. It's smaller. It, it. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Now, going off of that, though, why it, technically, why would it ever really look like the same monster if it's always the next person who summons it True. gets turned into? Like, wouldn't they just have the characteristics of that person who died more so? It's true. Well, if you look at the, if you look at the original movie when just, he first saw the so demon as a child, it was still the same looking thing when he saw it when he was an adult. Yeah, but we also don't know mm. where the, we also don't know where the demon was as far yeah, uh, it, it, on its vengeance quest. Because like towards the end of this movie, when it was its face was turning into fucking uh, Hendrickson's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Just I don't know. I don't know. But for me, you guys like, are thinking oh, too much saying. into it. That's tr- we that we, we have these bad. talks. We have these talks. You, we can do this all day, <laughs> but we can't make sense of things Actually, that don't make sense. <laughs> if you file, you do it. No. <laughs> and then also, real quick, so who was that guy in the race. opening, gentlemen? Yeah. What? What I think who of was you? It? Was Dick it? Warlock. Ah, there oh. you go. Dick Warlock. His name. His name appears as Richard, though, in the uh, credits. No, it's Dick. I don't give a shit. I know, but no, but his <laughs> name appears as Richard in the credits. Look uh, at that. We have Michael Myers running away from a villain. Right. So uh is that it for behind the scenes? That's it. That's, that's everything. It for our Chad notes. Big question, Johnny. Oh man. So I got a few of them, but uh go for it. Was this movie in a fucking time paradox? Why? Because of how how I have a feeling why you asked that. Okay, because it's because you got the city kids, and then everybody else is like, because like, the the rural areas here to me, and, and like I said, this is literally my first full watch through. You have the eighties kids, which is quintessential eighties teens, fucking every slasher bullshit, whatever. Perfect, Jason, Jason Four Cabin, it all works. But then you fucking go to the rural town, and they're like living in nineteen thirties dust bowl fucking depression, dude. <laughs> like that's just how Nevada is. I mean, let's see, be honest. And, well, that, and I didn't know it was Nevada because I didn't yeah. realize it doesn't look like Nevada at all. Well, no, because I thought. I mean, like, I mean it was kind of Bayou esque almost. Like got down there on the Bayou, boy. And that that's kind of I guess that's where I was really confused because I was like, dude, this movie, like even in the beginning, yeah, it says 1940s, but it's like it feels like it could have been even earlier than that. Like you know what I mean? They're all, yeah. nobody has like electric, yeah. electricity mm-hmm. in their cabin. They're all running off of oil lamps and shit. Yeah, see, I think you're on something there. So all right, my other, I got another big stuff. question, which TJ might yell at me because maybe it's looking a little bit too in, but I think it's kind of funny. I will answer, John. Is Pumpkinhead a giant cicada? What the fuck? I will not answer. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> okay, first question is: Do you? Do you both know what cicadas are? Yes, they come out every yeah, once in a while. Fucking annoying. Right. Do you know the whole like do you know how they work? They they as they're young, they get buried underground, and then when they come up, that's when they're all fucking loud and shit. Every time Pumpkinhead showed up in a scene, they had that fucking cicada sound. 
It was they crazy. Had a lot of, they had a lot of wins. Pumpkinhead too, the yeah. cicada demon. A vengeance. He is. He's a cicada oh. demon. Yep. Cicada okay. Demon all right. Demon. Actually, now I can see your logic behind that. Okay. And especially if you listen to that sound, dude. Like, I okay, wish it's gore more official. Pumpkinhead is a cicada. Is a cicada demon. <laughs> a vengeance. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, I had the fake teeth one, which Bobby already touched on. Um, Ooh, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby touching all over that. Uh, so how come? Why didn't he kill the curly hair guy? It seemed like he just kind of played with him. True. Until you know, I've always thought that too. I I don't know why he actually did. He was like the first victim of that little trope, right? Like that little those little kid, those little group of kids. Like, was did he want to do that to like show them? Maybe. Yeah, that is weird. I wonder why they he didn't kill him right on the spot. Because, like, everybody else, like, even though he... he yeah, yeah, he, he fucking murdered bit, everyone, but he kind of, like, threw him against a tree and everything, let him hang, and just, like, right, his like, body and shit. It was really... Like, you fucked with him a lot, like you said, yeah. Yeah. That is... Yeah, I, I never thought about that till now. Corhounds, let us know what you think. Yeah. yeah. Was there a reason why the, well, the, the curly-haired guy did not get killed? I believe his name is Lance. Lance, uh, yes. Yeah, we know Lance yeah. Hendrickson is in this. We get it. No, 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 not Lance Hendrickson. The <laughs> dude's yeah, but no, they thought the kids. Um, let's see. And oh, okay, that was the last one. And uh, how the fuck was Lance not dead when he shot himself in the side of the head? Lance Hendrickson. I don't yeah. think he he he, he didn't shoot he directly. Was- he 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 shot. It, it grazed. Really, dude? It yeah, was a fucking grazed. circle right here, though. Dude, like, I'm telling you, what the fuck, it, dude? It was like straight. You do some weird head. shit when you're getting taken over by a demon, you know? Been there, done that. Oh, sorry. Which uh, continue. <laughs> side side note: This could have been a totally different horror movie had he just figured out like what was involved, and was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go get a gun and shoot these kids myself. But then we wouldn't have Pumpkinhead. Yeah, but I mean, he still had like, okay, so this was uh, something. I think it was like what Adam Carolla said. Or something. You know what would have been fucking like, crazy is if, like, we thought we think he died and he becomes Pumpkinhead, and at the end, after all the kids die, he reverts back to Pumpkin, like back to him himself. Well, that would have been crazy. So I was thinking, like, what if, like. He was almost kind of working incongruent with Pumpkinhead. Oh, and then, like tag team in this shit. Yeah. A little bit, but maybe like Pumpkinhead was doing it more and he was like there, like taking it in. But then the kids find out that like he's actually Pumpkinhead's witness. So it's like all the kids trying to like gang up and kill him. Interesting take. Very interesting. Actually, yeah, that is interesting. Just a thought. Somebody get this guy a fucking uh, a budget. He can be a screenwriter. Uh, <laughs> give me some budget and some bud. We're fucking good to go. I'll give you a million dollars. Go for it. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Let's get that douche. douche of the movie. What would we have to say? It actually have to be that the eldest kid of the Dust Bowl gang. Really? Yeah, he's kind of a. Douche. I was gonna what go. With, I was gonna go with his dad, his grandpa, Mr. Wallace. He didn't want to give that, him that like, fucking that fake jump at the person, like just like to psych her out, like such a, such a douchey thing. 
That's a hot take. That's a, tip, that's a, that's a, that's a typical hit, though. Uh, yeah, a kid that's going to grow up to fucking kill animals. That's true. I'm uh, surprised. I, well, I guess I'm going to go with the. I th- I'm going with Joel, dude. Joel was a douche straight he, up. And yeah, like, seriously, come on. Okay, okay, a little bit. Yeah, a little. He hit the kid. Good. He hit the kid, which was an accident. But he turned an accident into. But he a redeemed himself halfway through. He's like, "I fucked up. Let's go fix this." And he goes to walk outside, and, and Pumpkinhead's like, "No, here's your dead buddy. You ain't fucking leaving. We're killing you all." Right. Yeah, that's his fuck up. So he redeemed he's himself. The reason, he's the reason why they all fucking die. He is the douche. John, you're correct. There is no. I'm just like the fact of the matter is like he ripped the fucking phone cord out of the wall on top yeah. of he hit the other dude with a fucking log on the back of the head. Yeah. And then kept him oh. locked in a closet. Like to <laughs> But then he knocked the board off the closet and let him out. So it's okay. He's redeemed. So yeah, but then the kid helps out the adults. So they're the kid's okay too. So I there's wish- a double standard here. Listen. <laughs> I'm not going to say that the oldest uh, sibling kid wasn't a douche either, trying to swindle uh, money out of fucking Lance Hendrickson after his son just got killed. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what pumpkin it is for $10. Yeah. $10 make you holla holla. But I liked when that kid realized, like, he fucked up too. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was like, oh shit, that's real. See, they all fuck. They all intertwine. They all fucked up. I know a thing about fucking up. Dude. Oh, so. baby. <laughs> So, gentlemen, let me ask you: What was your favorite kill? Ooh, so, oh, TJ, go! I like when the bitch gets grabbed and like taken up onto the fucking roof, and you just see her getting taken off to the other side. Oh, just get dragged over. Yeah, I love that shit. And like, is she's the same one that Pumpkinhead carves like a cross on her forehead, right? Yeah, she was the hysterical. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Which you didn't really find out like she was all like a Jesus chick until like. That one weird scene where she runs out and then he's like holding her necklace and he's like, Remember what this Yeah, essentially that. what this means to you. Her kill's so cool to me though. But was she uh, the one that did she get dropped from the tree or was that the other chick? No, that was the other chick. That was Okay. Bobby, what do you got for your favorite kill book? Oh, Joel getting the fucking shotgun shoved up there, and you see him twitching as he's going like <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You just see the blood pouring out of his mouth, and Pumpkinhead's got this weird smile on, like, he does. You're fucked. fucked. I'm just going to hold you up by the shotgun. They do that. And then he he drops the show it, too. Yeah. And And then he also sits there on the ground with the body and is tilting the head like it's a doll. He's looking at it like it's a fucking doll. Like, oh. How dare you? (laughs) This is so cool. Oh. Like, okay. Yep, that was my kill too. I enjoyed it. Um, just because, A, I, like I said, he was the douche for me. So, like, it just felt the most justified. Yeah. And, it, was like, it was like watching Dr. Cruz die in part seven. <laughs> and the fact that it wasn't a full impalement, or, you know, it was a full impalement, and, like, and then it showed full scene Pumpkinhead, like, actually holding him up, fucking, like, playing with him. But if I were to, if, let's say, if I were to remake this movie in my own fucking weird little way, I would change that just a little bit and I would want him to shove the gun inside of him, but not go out and then actually like have Pumpkinhead pull the trigger and like blow the dude's head up from the Oh, okay. Yes, uh, I, I agree with that. Yes. You know, the new remake that they're doing, it's just going to be CGI bullshit, right? 
Well, can we, I know nothing about that, honestly. What What do we got? Oh, on I can that? just assume you. Uh, modern so Horror, PG 13, and they're going to. God damn it, you strong, already lost me. I don't care. Strong female <laughs> comeback. That, that's what it's just, I'm going to assume what it's going to be because R rated monster films like this, nah, not going to happen. Moving on, we got a fucking good movie to talk about. Let's not ruin it on a remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, best scene. Best scene would have to be I love whenever he's digging him up out of the pumpkin patch. He, Dude, that was a that was a good looking graveyard. It was. Man. It was, was sexy. Sweet. Yeah, I, the production I like design that was premium. What's that? The production design was premium. Oh yeah, man, dude, with the blue light and everything, looking like the moonlight, the moss all over, and it looked like it was like a sunken graveyard, except for just that. And the pumpkins, his amongst yeah, dude, like, so it cool. was. I wish you actually got a little bit more of. Them. Agreed. Uh, it would. I mean, yeah, you got it at the end when she's reburying him and stuff, but. But yeah, but you didn't get to see as much visual as probably would have liked to have gotten. Yeah, I, I would have liked a nice like low like slow pan over the whole Ooh. thing a lot more. Like, yeah, you know where I'm going with that shit. Yeah, John. But uh, so my favorite scene, I think, is probably. I guess you could tie him, but it's actually the second time he goes back to the witch's house. I love the witch's cabin. Like, I love the effects of it. It's, so Scooby-Doo-ish. It's scream it, it, it Stan Winston though to me. You know what I mean? Like Stan okay. Winston the 80s. Like just over the top, a little a little made for TV-esque, but still like on that cusp. Like, But when he goes back, dude, and like Hendrix, Hendrix has that like whole like, you damn me, you, or, uh, or God damn you. And then she's just like, he already, he already has, has son. Yep, I fucking love that scene, dude. Like, just great. Absolutely. Fucking Lance Hendricks spitting all over the fucking place. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. We got all our best scenes. Opening I didn't do mine yet. Oh, no, sorry, Bobby. Hard. I know. You want to leave me out? It's okay. No, I don't. I want to hear your face hold. Um, well, I mean, I love all the pumpkin head scenes in general. But if I actually had to pick... I have two, and they're both with Lance because of literally how he looks. When he picks up his boy dead off the ground, like he's just showing shock. Like he can't even get tears out. He can't even get a reaction. And then, and then he looks we, he's walking away and looks at the guy like, what the fuck did you do to my – you killed my son. Bro, that was some hardcore stink eye right there, man. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, like – like I would have liked to have seen him just lay his hands on him like, what the fuck did you do, dude? And then I liked it when he was talking to Mr. Wallace about trying to find the old lady. Like, he's so intense. Like, I need to know where this lady is because someone fucked up. My son's dead because of these city fuckers. You need to give me the information now. Right. Because I like I like Lance's in, intensity. He's one of my favorite actors because he can get intense, but he could be sympathetic at the same time. Like he was intense, but at the same time you could see in his face like he's like, well, Henderson he, he has just, a weird good look about it, and I, I love that about him. He has a naturally sullied look. He's just always very like sad and like frown frownful. But he can pull the but he can pull the intensity with it. So I like those two scenes for acting as well, and then so but those two for sure. And I would like to throw out an honorable mention that we got a. Uh, Topless Lance Hendrickson scene with him with a flamethrower. 
with his weird twenty-year-old-looking body with a sixty-year-old-looking face. Thank you, pull it off. <laughs> All right, moving on, gentlemen. Opening scene, TJ. What we got, buddy? What do you think? I loved it. It was so strange, but it definitely set the tone and set the mood of the movie. Hell yeah. Now, when we say opening scene, do we mean the credits or the scene after? The daddy getting killed. The the opening like nineteen forties okay like, introduction. Because I was I was pulled in with that the title. I was pulled in when the fucking flames are coming up out of the credits. Okay. Like, the, like I said, the, it's coming up soon. The, the music and that whole thing pulled me in because I'm like, what the hell is this really going to entail? So, but yes, the scene certainly. Ooh, what was that? Uh, <laughs> no, I I will agree. I I like the uh, opening scene. I liked, like TJ said, it set the tone. It was fast. It was, uh, you know, you got that nice fullback shot of Pumpkinhead's silhouette, even with those like tail wagging and everything. So like, yeah, you already had a good idea of what he looked like, but they still left that like kind of mystery until like later on. Mm-hmm. Sweet close up shots and. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say is it almost kind of set the bar a little bit because then the movie really slows down for like a good 20 to 30 minutes before it picks back up again, I would say. Yeah. Sorry, mom um, and dad are coming back with uh, groceries. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> hi, mom. Hi, dad. What's up, Bobby? Bobby's mom and dad. Absolutely, dad. I'm everybody. <laughs> okay, so... Best tits, hottest girl. Best tits, hottest there girl. Is, uh, Lance Hendrickson's tits. Yes. <laughs> He's got some nice titties on him. Uh, he did. What about Tracy? God, dude. Uh, which one was she again? Cynthia Bain. Let me look her up. Girl, gonna say, I, I would go with uh, Joel's girlfriend, whatever her yeah, name is. Yeah, I was thinking her, the brunette there. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I don't remember her name. <laughs> I don't either. So, and I just, I love this movie. And I know a lot about. I don't remember her fucking. You know what? Gorehounds will answer us. We we're fucking horrible with names here. Uh, really are. Unless it's the Friday franchise. If it's the Friday franchise, we'll tell you all the fucking campers. Yeah, we can tell you everybody from that. We can't tell you shit from this. If we have it right in front of us for sure. So, uh, <laughs> did the score set the mood? Abs the fucking fruit. Oh, I love the score of this movie very much. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I love it equally as the Halloween score, and yeah, I will stand by the words I just said. Okay, fair enough. But uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. It definitely set the tone, um, especially with like all the wood scenes and stuff like that. I don't yeah. know. It wasn't it wasn't overly uh, 80s synth or anything like that. It was kind of like its own thing. But no, it, it it wasn't hokey either. Very best, serious. Best song. Uh. Uh, I don't have one for don't that. Don't have one. <laughs> Moving on. Favorite character, Pumpkinhead. Uh, okay. Ed, Ed, I mean, Ed? I, I always love the monster. That's always true. So, yeah, Pumpkinhead. But character-wise, Ed Harlan. Dude, uh, I got to go with The Haggis, little boy man. for me. Huh? The little boy was good, too, though, man, because, like, he, you know, he sold his role for as long as he was on the film. They had the little like necklace scene and stuff like that. They're like, "Oh, pa, you really like it?" <laughs> like they make you really fucking feel for it and shit. But uh, I wish it's crazy that he didn't. The kid didn't die instantly, though. You know what I mean? Like he got home and he like he said something be- right before he died. He was like internal bleeding. Pa. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was still sad as fuck, dude. And it's like, and it's, it's crazy that like, um, I mean, that's the whole like point of the thing too, is like, he kind of, I don't know if he actually ever really found out, found out, but like all the other kids were actually like, you know, trying to help. It's not like they were, yeah. they were trying to call the aliens and shit like that and everything else. It was just the one dude stopping them. Yeah. But pretty much. So let's see. We got Bobby. You said yours was Harley. Pumpkinhead and Ed Harley. Yeah, the two I'm, of them. I, overall, I'm gonna have to say Haggis, man. She every time she was on screen, dude, I just loved it. I love the old witch look. Uh, reminded yeah. me of the um, reminded me of the fucking sea sea witch scene. What's up, Papa Mona? Uh, Everybody say hello, Dad. <laughs> what's uh? But remind me of the sea uh, <laughs> bitch scene from fucking Army of Darkness, which obviously even came after this fact. But you found me once, honey. You got real. I was. You said Army of Darkness. I just oh. you found me beautiful once, honey. You got real ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love that. <laughs> Side note: What's your favorite version? The normal, the, the director's cut. Director's cut. Well, if it was for the director's cut, though, we would never hit the series. So, it's true. Onward, onward. onward. Moving on. Was it scary? Yes. yes. I, I, when I first saw it, yeah, yeah. If I as watched kid, this I, when I was a kid, I probably would have shit my pants a little bit. I, even as I got old, when I first saw it, I was all way older, but I still went like, what? "Like this is fucking creepy." I like this. Uh, I think the sounds and everything were probably the some of the scariest designs of it. Agreed. To me. The cicadas, yeah. bruh. The cicadas. It, yeah, oh, dude. Anybody that's gonna listen to this shit now, that's all they're gonna fucking hear. They'll be like, God damn it. Yeah, Summertime now. Fucking cicadas will be out it's like pumpkin heads here. Does oh, it shit. hold up today? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even the, even the effects, everything still holds up. It's practical effects, man. It's always gonna hold up. Like, Was the with? acting good or bad? Good. I, I, I say it was, good. Uh, I, I would say it's so-so. There's people that were good, Hendrickson and stuff like that, for example. But then some of the kids, they kind of were like, eh, questionable. Typical slasher fare. Pretty much, yep. You got your uh, your mainstays, and then you got your newbies, pretty much. So Essentially. So did you like the cinematography? Ow, fucking gorgeous. Yeah, man. A lot of cool little panning yeah, shots, dude. A lot of big studio shots for the budget that they had, I thought. For sure. I um, Yeah. They had a lot of... Yeah, there was a lot of interesting shots and, um, yeah, I loved it, of course. The, the okay. one... I would like to pull one out, too. It's not, like, my favorite scene, but I thought it was one of the coolest shots, was that church scene. Okay, yeah. Like, that was, like, Coming kept doing the close of the face. Shit. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, just I don't know, like I I felt like they did a good job with showing you the creature, like just enough of the creature, like because yeah. if you show too much, it's gonna ruin it, like as we all know. And you honestly see a lot more than you do on a lot of other creature features, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is true. But yeah, man, the cinematography, dude. Like, I didn't know where it was gonna go with it, but I was definitely impressed, man. Like. It would have been cooler if they had a little bit maybe more fast action cameras or maybe a little something like to where they made Pumpkinhead look like they moved. He moved a little bit faster. But other than that, I have no complaints. 
I can understand now with him moving because a little slow, but I also think it was probably because first time making the movie like this, first time director, even though the budget, you know, so he had to probably compromise a little bit, I'm sure, or else I'm sure we probably could have gotten a little bit more like that. I think that's why uh, some of the, like, that's why I think the kills to me were a little lackluster for what I thought they could have been. Cause like, okay. So, Case in point, when he dropped that girl out of the tree, that was still a cool kill just because of like the reveal of how she landed. Yeah. But it would have been way cooler to actually, like, you know, see her hit the fucking rock, see yeah. the splatter come out or something. Really hard or uh, something yeah. to happen. But, but I, I understand that. I can understand that. But moving on to our next one, if I can talk about the premise, dude, the premise is fucking one of the best parts of this whole movie. Oh yeah, easily. I I agree. I love I love seeing the transformation. Yet there's still the human of, no, I uh, really can't let you do this, but I have no choice. But I do. Right. It's, it's weird because he's like he's being taken over, but at the same time he's like, I still can't let this creature kill these kids. Yeah. Like I get I get it now, but how do I do this? So let me ask you guys: When he was having his visions, every time the creature killed. Do you think he was feeling pain or was he just like wincing and everything because he was watching? I think he was because he was watching it. Okay. I, 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 couldn't think tell. Had, I think there was a little bit of pain because he had a bloody time, nose in that spot. Because each time someone died, you, you see him really like getting worse and worse. But it doesn't make sense at the end of the movie. It kind of then tells you that Pumpkinhead and him are becoming one. So why would that make sense? True. But at the same time, not everybody expects what you're going to get when he caught what he got. See, so that's what, like, oh, are, fuck this. Are they becoming one? Like, that's what I was confused with because he still becomes the next Pumpkinhead. Like his corpse. So like. Agreed. That's that's where I was kind of confused because like he's turning into him. So is it just a transfer? Like no matter what, whether it's the yeah pumpkin head body or it's the new. Okay, we'll just go with that. So here's Chad's thoughts. So as much as I like this movie, I'm hoping the rest of the crew enjoyed it as well. I did in fact watch it with the hope of being on this show. So at least it's fresh in my mind. I'll skip answering our usual questions and go right to my rating of a three point five out of five. It's not perfect, but it's very enjoyable. And Pumpkinhead himself. Has a brilliant design. Until next time, bitches. Aw, thank you, Chad. We miss you. Chad, you're a wonderful man. Gentleman of the scholar. Okay, so rating. Chad has a 3.5. I like the premise, by the way. I think it's absolutely wonderful. It doesn't get much better than this. 3.5. I'm going to give it a uh, a 4. Ooh, eyeballing it. John? Uh... You know what? I'm going to go with a uh, 3.25. I, uh, like I said, there was, I liked the effects and everything like that. There were just a few things that I felt could have been better, but overall, still a decent horror movie. Bobby? Oh, sorry. I'm busy. Um, at four. He's working that tongue. <laughs> uh, four, just because it's one of my favorites as well. But yeah. That I is a Gore and Moore score of 3.7. Give it a three point eight. Give it a three point eight. Give it a three point eight. Come on. Sorry, come on, Bobby. I rounded up for three point seven. Fine. All right. Fine. Three point seven out of five for them. Gorehounds out there. So, what do we got next week? 
Oh shit! Anybody? Um, <laughs> anybody? <laughs> well, no. Next week is uh, December. Uh, so if anybody turned into our last episode, we discussed that we were going to take a break from our normal schedule and throw out four random Christmas picks that we did yes. on the show. Um, we still personally haven't decided which one's coming up next. Um, which we we have. should do a weekend marathon. I can't. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby! <laughs> what? So I, I'm going to throw this one out here, and this is a little, uh, little bit of a switch. I know I picked Santa Sleigh, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm not still game to do that. However, and this, I want feedback from Gorehounds. Damn it! Yeah, I do. I love it. Send love him it. messages. Send, yes. Don't send me. Me- okay. Side note on this: I've been getting a lot of friend requests. Great, love it. Keep them coming. Yeah, I say so. Bye. They're still coming. You want to send me a message? Roebuck fucking sent me a message the other day. We were talking about last episode. Uh, Ty, Love you, buddy. Thank you for Tyler listening. Tyler is the man. He sent me one as well. Tyler, you're the man. Love um, you. You Talk are. You. But there was this other girl, and I hate, I'm pretty sure it was just karma biting me in the ass because we laughed at Chad last episode because he was talking about how that chick messaged him yeah. saying like she was getting up. All right. So this one girl who I think at least Bobby, myself, and like, I don't know, a good, probably you two, we all have mutual friends. So I was like, yeah, I accepted it, whatever. Dude, she just started messaging me and she was like, are you Jason Voorhees? And I was like, uh, well, I got What's her name? Anyway, What's think, her name? I don't What's her name? Not, I blocked her, dude. I didn't care. Because uh, I swear to God, I got to block her too. Like this woman is, there's something really wrong. Is she, really, <laughs> is she a really, really, really big girl? <laughs> okay. Listen. If you're listening, try, I still twice, apologize. Twice. You're fucking creepy as fuck, dude. Do not send messages like that shit. So yeah, she just asked me if I'm Jason Voorhees. I was like, well, I do. I have a cosplay as I'm dressed up. Whatever. Why? What's up? Yeah. And then she just kept sending me the message. How is mother? And I was like, what? Yeah, that's where I get to. I'm like, what the hell is this crap? Like, what well, is listen, this? That's a huge bitch. so gorehounds listen i love it please send the feedback but if you're gonna do some weird shit like that yeah i'm gonna block your fucking ass instantaneously just let me fuck all the gorehounds any feedback just go go back to where we will do it let's spin this back around to where i was actually fucking going with this whole thing come on john get your get it right i want feedback from you guys because my pick was santa's sleigh now we can still do that pick However, there's a big Christmas, and I would consider it horror, but we never even talked about it, but that's Gremlins. So if you would like us to cover Gremlins, I will take out my pick of Santa Sleigh, and we can replace it with that. However, I need feedback from our listeners. Or do you want us to do a a marathon on the weekend where Johnny and I and maybe Chad just sit down and blast out four reviews at once, or we do a live Facebook audio commentary? Where we play the movie, where we play the movie, and we just do do commentary. Can we do it late at night, and I'll be able to do it? It has to be on a Friday, then. It depends. Scheduling. Let's see what they want, and then we'll go from there. But yes, feedback. Please let us know. Um, Like I said, if you still still want Bill Goldberg, which I am totally down, love the fucking movie. Goldberg, I love him. But like we've mentioned, we. We want to start incorporating our fans a little bit more. We've mentioned the fan picks. We're going to be doing the fan picks. So maybe this is, this is kind of like my idea of like at least getting you guys more like, no, we want this one instead. Yeah. So 
Send, well, right message got- any any one of us four nut jobs from this show. If you're friends with us, you have friends with us, you love the show, message us. Hit Give us what you got. Group. No, discussion, discussion group. group. Even, even if it's personal, don't really matter. If you got something, you want it, either we could get it in for December if it's a Christmas pick or get it in for next year. Get it to us. We want to hear it. Let's do it. You're here too because we're here and we're here because of you. But so on that note, we had yours was Krampus, right, Bobby? Yeah, the, Krampus, the, the, yeah the 2012 version. And TJ had um, Jack Frost and Chad's pick was Black Christmas. So between the four of us within the next week, we will let you guys know on the discussion group or if not our own personal pages uh, or our many gorehound hellions that help us share during our crisis of need during tj's lockdown god uh, damn it tj you done fucked up <laughs> we can do a shout out for all those people by the way Fuck, uh yeah, dude. let's do that right now uh gore more help chat let's do a quick shout out oh shout out to our friend rain bobby yes she's always sharing stuff uh for us thank you rain for sharing everything and Putting it out there as well. Shout out to Austin Albin, Dan Stockwell, Donnie Drum, Dustin Dietrich, Gary Shaw, Gunnar Merrick, Hannah Fox, Heath Helsing, Mike Lampkin, Noelle Berger, Sean Reynolds, and Tyler Robofuck. Thank you guys for helping me share all of our wonderful content to out to all of our beautiful listeners, all the gorehounds out there. All right, Adam Marcus. You had to bring in that voice over there, TJ. Oh, I can do it. I it, you know. You see, whenever Sean ha- hired me on, <laughs> <laughs> who hires a 23-year-old to helm the biggest horror franchise in history? Now, listen here, brother. Now, let me ask you guys, uh, anything new on the horror front for you gentlemen this like, last week? I know, TJ, you said you picked up some new Blu-rays. Oh, uh, baby. Bobby, anything new for you? Give me a second. That's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll throw mine out. Um, I, I can't freaking remember anymore. So I don't have anything yeah. new on the uh, movies front, except for I did start to watch Pumpkinhead 2 after watching Pumpkinhead 1. Just Get the fuck out. Again. Yeah, boy. Hey, wait. Well, did you guys no use the Dropbox? No, I, I had Not this I time. I actually it. used Hulu. Okay, because I, I have it in the Dropbox. So Good to know. Yes. Because I'm actually interested to see the transfer. Versus beautiful. Like what I watched. I'm sure it is. It's it's always beautiful. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um but no, I uh I'm actually borrowing finally uh Resident Evil 7. I have yet to dabble in Dude, it. Dude, that uh, game is fun. Late at night, in the dark, do it. Yeah, I uh I nobody's gotta be around to get by by yourself too. The only thing I wish I had for it though is the VR headset, man, because I feel like that would be the best way to fucking play. Let me tell you, it's gonna fuck with your head with it or without it. Don't worry. That's about fine, it. dude. Like, I've been uh, I've been needing a good horror game. I haven't played one in a while. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, dude." He's like, "If you haven't done this, do this." What one. about this horror movie that Patrick Schwarzenegger's in? Go on. It's a horror yeah, film. Dan- it's a horror film called Daniel Isn't Real. This is the first I'm hearing about it. Patrick Schwarzenegger. All of a sudden, stars. Arnold's son is in it. What is this? Yeah, Daniel wow. isn't real. It's out now. Huh. VOD platforms on December sixth. 
No shit. Daniel right. Wilson Real featuring Patrick awesome. Schwarzenegger. There we go. I'll have, to check, I'll have to check that out then. I actually don't have anything new presently on the horror front. That's uh, fine, man. It's uh, other than I mean, other than I got to get cosplays in order because what are we working Jason, on? My Jason one is indisposed at the moment. So uh oh, what happened? Shot. It's just shot to hell. I look at it and go. I look at it and go. I can't see the light of day anymore. So are you uh, are you rebuilding from ground up? He's starting a brand new one. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm starting. I'm starting. I'm redoing an old one just for March because I don't have time to do mm-hmm. a completely brand new one. Okay, that one will happen for like summertime. We'll debut it in August. So you so you're getting two. You're getting two, but one is not costly. One is like shirt pants. Everything else is here. Do what I got to do. It'll still look great because I know what I want with it. You got to get like new hood and stuff like that or. Yeah, that's going to happen after. Uh, yeah, that will be like something months. that Bobby and I will work on. And you know what? Since since we're here, I'm just going to announce it. Uh, the do back discussion network is now working with Kane Hodder to supply him with his next uh, in photo op costume for uh, oh, really? Jason goes to hell. We are providing it with to him from our sponsors. So. Mm-hmm. Next, it, around next year, we might see a Jason Goes to Hell professional photo op uh, brought to you by Do Back Discussion Network. <laughs> Dude. No shit. Okay. <laughs> fucking awesome. What it did out there at the end of the show, but we are officially working with Kane Hodder. I saw somebody post today that they made one for Ken Kerzinger, and I'm like, I'm making one yeah, for Kane, but I, I can't say anything about it. <laughs> I did see that one, I believe. Yeah. Well, that's the next. Ja- that's the next Jason I'm going to be doing is the Jason goes to hell one. So. Yes, that's one Bobby will be doing. Yep, and he'll be oh, also be utilizing our sponsors to do that as well. Just, just think, it, it, you'll see Kane, you'll see me, be like, God, one's a little fucking taller than the other. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's is going to be scary as fuck. I always laugh when I do see uh, dudes that are fucking that dwarf Kane and height. Mm-hmm. It's funny as fuck, man. Uh, it's yeah. great. Uh, Corey stands eye to eye perfectly. Does he? Oh, absolutely perfect height. It, it's great. Uh, how tall is Hotter? Six, six two, six With three. his logging boots okay, on. So, that, so, yeah, that's where I would be, too. I, I the, When the last time I met him at uh, Mania in August, I, I handed him the photo that I got with him when I was dressed up. He looks at me and goes, and he says, I figured that was you underneath there. And I said, what gave it away? The fact that I was taller than you? He says, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, shut up. I'm excited to meet him down in Monster Mania, dude. I've never. I All I got to do is wear a, chance, a specific so. shirt, and it'll make him laugh really hard. Yeah, don't wipe alone. <laughs> it makes him laugh so fucking hard every time. <laughs> oh man it's gonna be such a good time but now when we hook up uh, i'm friends with myra his manager so maybe we'll be able to hang out with kane a little bit on the side yeah that'd be awesome yeah and then of course me and my relationship with peter that will end up hopefully we can have some drinks that'll be awesome uh during our birthday party uh bobby and i got to uh share the bar with tony todd and vivian fox oh yeah we did (laughs) are you you shorter than tony todd because he's a tall motherfucker no, we're eye to eye. Are you? Because mm-hmm. when, I, none of when we went, when me and my one, uh, when one friend wanted to go meet him, and we were all there as a group, we took a picture. Next, to, I'm just talking to Tony Todd, and he's just like eye to eye. We're talking about sports. Maybe just because he's such a skinny, lanky motherfucker, he just looks that tall. <laughs> Say what you want, dude. He he is a cool guy. He is. Oh no, he's nice a, normal, shit, a normal conversation. Oh, it was. Wonderful. Oh, and he has like, hats that matches all of his suits. 
Yeah, he's classy. He's, he's classy. classy as a motherfucker. Well, guys, I think that's all for this episode of the Gormore Podcast. What do y'all think? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's safely say they've heard enough of us. Okay, <laughs> go watch the movie. Yes, go watch Pumpkinhead, and I will leave you guys with that. That is Le Host with the most. TJ Bowser signing off. This is Big Johnny D saying, see you later, Gorehounds. This is your killing machine, Bobby and Moan, saying, I'll kill you later. I brought it back for you, John. Thank you. It's a lot nicer. Please.